Welcome to Create Your Own Light, where we harness our past, we embrace our future, and learn to conquer the roadblocks along the way together. I'm your host, Travis Howes. Let's get on with it. This episode is brought to you by YourWelder.com. YourWelder.com is an online directory of mobile welders. Whether at your home or at your industrial processing plant, we come to you. Our community of mobile welders can repair anything from the neighbor's mailbox that you just backed into or the cat bulldozer sitting on your job site. YourWelder.com is a directory of highly skilled professionals willing to help you on your job site on your timetable. YourWelder.com screens all of their welders using tools like photos from social media apps such as Instagram, Parler, and Facebook, even face-to-face meetups. YourWelder.com was built by actual industry welding experts who actually perform this type of work on a daily basis. And here's the best part. They're veteran-owned and operated. So go check them out at YourWelder.com. And also feel free to check them out on social media where I'll include their links in the show notes. All right, guys, here we are. uh, Episode 9. I am coming to you um, this time. I'm a little jacked up right now. Um because of some anxiety issues. And so I'm going to be talking, um, through this episode while trying to control some stuff that's going on inside of my body. And, you know, this stuff that we talk about is extremely real. I today, earlier today, I reached out to get some, um, to get some, uh, guess advice on episodes that people would like to hear. And some of it was actually calling back to previous episodes. Some folks, asked if they could hear more on social anxieties uh, from people that go through post-traumatic stress and also more parenting tips on um, post-traumatic stress and uh, dealing with anxiety with with kids and all. So we're going to get to that in a little bit because something just happened to me a minute ago and that like I it was very, 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 very hard for me to maintain my composure. And I'm far from perfect. Um, I think we... I, I try to let that be known, you know, that I'm still, I'm still a dude just trying to, trying to be his best and work on things. Um, I do, um, want to just tell you guys, I just got back from Orlando, Florida, where I was a part of the Orlando fire conference. This was the 19th fire conference that they've had in Orlando. And I was so honored to be a part of this thing. And it was such a beautiful and wonderful experience for, with mainly uh, Florida firefighters, but firefighters from all over, man, there were people from Texas I met and some other States as well. And it was just an amazing turnout and I couldn't be more thankful. Uh, I I had the opportunity to speak on post-traumatic stress while I was uh, there. I was the, uh, the main keynote speaker. And then I had a, I had a comedy event that night and I was ecstatic about that. And it went very, very well. We had a lot of fun. Um, told a lot of dick jokes to firemen. Um, you can't, you can't go in with your clean material. That's one thing with firefighters. When you do these conferences, it's like you go in there, you try to do some clean stuff and they're like, ah, you know, we kind of need, we need to get them dick jokes coming. So that's what we did, man. We had a good night and we threw a lot of fuck bombs around and it was a good time. So always a blast with my first responders to everybody that I met in Orlando and to all the new followers from, uh, the Orlando fire conference. Thank you for following my page. I mean, I got, I got inundated and, I just want you to know your support to me means everything in the world. To those of you that came back to my merchandise table, that bought my books, that bought my t-shirts, that had your book signed, that took pictures, thank you. 
I cannot do what I do without you, seriously. And I love still being uh, being very much tied to this uh, to this brotherhood of ours. I will tell something that's a little bit embarrassing. So I went to the fire grounds and I actually put on some gear and, and crawled through a trailer uh, just to see if my old ass could still do it. And uh, come to find out, uh, I pulled a back muscle doing something very easy. <laughs> I go to the gym regularly. But man, when you don't do these normal things, just crawling around, I can't do it anymore. And well, I shouldn't say can't. My body's not um, conditioned for it any longer. And yeah, so for two days, I was, I was walking around in a lot of pain and I was hiding it very well because that's what we do. We hide, we hide our pain. But I just thought it was funny. Here I am 42 and I can go to the gym all day long and can't even put on some bunker gear and squat down for five seconds. <sighs> I got one more thing to say. Uh, so this is on YouTube. Um, if you're watching, I do have a, uh, see, that's my brand new doggy door right there that I'm going to install on my sliding door in my office. So my dogs can just come and go. Um, so yeah, so we're looking at part of my office. Let me switch the camera angle up here. So you don't see the doggy door so much. There we go. That's better. You can see the flag. No more doggy door. Um, so you guys know that I interact with a lot of people on Instagram and, uh, I've had this follower for a while now and it's a female police officer from the city of New York police department. I believe it's city of New York or it's in, in, in New York somewhere. And she's very interactive with, with my, um, with my social media. She's suggestive. When I ask for topics, she comments a lot. She inboxes and she's like, look, I really enjoyed this episode, it, it really, you know, hit home this, you know, hit this point and that point. So I'm excited every time I see her name pop up because I know she's going to, you know, tell me what's going on and, and how, you know, if, if my message was on point or not. So today I get a message after one of my posts and she actually asked, she gave me a suggestion and then said, you know, I don't drink as much anymore. And she, she said, I, I drink maybe a couple of beers a week and that's down from many beers a week. And I wanted to say, thank you for your podcast. I'm, I'm really enjoying them. So me being me, I fire back with a, Hey girl, I, I'm glad to hear everything's working out. Um, I'm pr super proud of you. Give her a fist bump with a little explosion emoji. And I was on my way. Well, she writes back. Oh, by the way, just wanted to let you know, um, I'm, I'm actually not a girl. I'm a 40 year old dude, police officer. This is an investigative profile. So here I am thinking I'm talking to this girl and that, you know, I mean, it's kind of like got, got, got catfished on my support page. What can I say? You know, it wasn't flirting or anything, but it was kind of funny. Here I am. I thought I was giving this girl some, some good advice and some good support back and showing some love. And here it is. It's a dude the whole time. Um, but he even commented, he said, ha ha, no problem, bro. I actually sit to pee too. So see, there's a secure man. He came out, he opened up with his girl profile. He's got a girl profile and he sits to pee. So that's what I'm talking about. Um, I have so many things I want to talk about in this episode and I'm going to be very sporadic. This is not going to be one that's really dialed in on any one thing. I am, I am definitely going to get to some anxiety issues and some parenting issues here in a little bit. Um, but I want to start off with titles, right? I had a suggestion about um, how titles define people. And I actually talk about this. My damn nose is itching. I got a mustache hair going up my nose. Um, 
I talk about how titles, how people let titles define them often. And then when they don't have that title associated to their name any longer, their life ends up in the shitter, right? And they, they feel like they're nothing without this title. And I'll give you an example. A couple of years after I was, uh, after I left the fire department, I had a friend of mine reach out and he, he had been on the job for a while and he asked me, he said, Travis, what's it like? And I told him, I said, honestly, man, it, it's the best thing that ever happened to me because I was I was not in a good place when I was at the fire department anymore. I was sick. I was hurting people all around me. I was very self-destructive. And the best thing to happen for me was having to, to leave that career and rediscover myself. And I think that's where this growth comes in uh, as humans. When you have to rediscover yourself, there's a growth there that I cannot even explain. And if you can figure that out, it's a very, very beautiful thing. So he proceeds to tell me, Travis, I don't want to be on the fire fire department anymore. I want to leave, but I can't. And I asked him, I said, well, what's making you stay? And he goes, well, if I'm not a firefighter, what am I going to be? And I thought about it for a second. I said, wait a minute. So you, you're staying on the job because... You don't know how to do anything else or be anything else. And, and and he says, yeah. And then people will just see me as a normal dude and won't even know I'm a fireman. And it fucking, dude, that floored me. And I asked him straight up. I said, so you're staying on the job. So people ultimately know you're a firefighter. And he said, yeah. And, and that right there made me realize that this dude is on the job, not because of the job, not because his heart is in it anymore. He's in it because that job has defined him and he's labeled him and without him and without that label, he feels like nothing. And he feels like he can't be proud of himself and he feels like no one else can be proud of him. And honestly, you you guys know me. I speak very matter of factly. That's fucking sad. And I hope that anybody listening to this can take that as an example and know this and understand this. You are more than just a title. You are more than any job, any profession, any career, anything. You are capable of so much more. That job, whatever job you are, should be proud to have you on it. It shouldn't be the other way around. You know, like these jobs, when you leave there, yes, our jobs in, in, in in the military, emergency services, this is brotherhood thing and it becomes a part of us, but we should be able to leave that job and still be happy with who we are and the service that we provided. If it were a 30 year career or a fucking two year career, do not let these jobs define you, define you. Do not put a title on what you can be and don't let that title. If you do, don't let it limit you. And I have two, two notes here and two of those biggest titles are mom and dad. Think about that. The title mom and the title dad are so much more than just a title, right? I don't think moms and dads get enough recognition. It's not like the kids are going to come up and recognize you. But if we think about this, we're more than just a mom and more than a dad. We're an educator. We're we're a providers. We are protectors. You know, I know there's a lot of stay-at-home moms and um, that probably sometimes don't feel as appreciated as Maybe they should because they're just a stay-at-home mom. But that's a huge that's a huge job, right? That's a huge accomplishment. You're doing so much more for these children. And maybe I got a little sidetracked with that, but it's important for me to let people know 
that support me and listen to me that, hey, look, we're more than just fucking titles. Do not let these titles define you. And I tell people this from the stage all the time. When I talk about leaving the job, I talk about leaving the fire service, leaving the police department, the military. At some point, inevitably, your career is going to end. You're going to have to walk away from it, whether it be 40 years or 20 minutes in. It will come to an end. And at the end of that, if that job defines you, you are going to be so lost. And look, I'm not going to lie. I experienced it. I experienced it when I had to leave the fire department. Um, it was very hard for me because that's all I'd known. I had known the structure of it. I had known I have my brother's back. They have mine. I knew showing up to work every third day. Hey, this could be the day that I got to cash my life in. And when I got to leave with it that morning, I felt blessed and I felt fortunate. And then three days later, I'd show back up to work and it's, Hey, it could be real. And I could may have to give up this, this beautiful life of mine, but that never came for me on the job, you know? Um, so when I had to leave it, I didn't have any of that. I didn't have anybody, you know, that, Hey man, I got your back and you got mine kind of thing. I wasn't going to these high adrenaline calls anymore where people really depended on me and I felt empty and alone. So I get the fear of it. I really understand. And that's why I encourage people before you transition out of these careers, you better start finding something to belong to and start redefining yourself and rediscovering yourself to find like another purpose outside of that. And I got long winded on that, but I really truly hope that makes a lot of sense. Look at here. If you're watching YouTube, I have two signed books. I got to send out. Um, I always love getting messages from people. They're like, Hey man, I don't want to order your damn book off of Amazon. I want to come through you and I want to get it signed. Well, Hey baby, come on. I can sign your book all damn day. I got, I got a box of them in the back. Send, I'll ship them out to you. I'm not as quick as Amazon though. Cause I got shit going on and logistically I'm just not as squared away as them. Um, I have a note here that says, I haven't even thought about this. So this, this, this may come across kind of weird. Um, a message to your younger self. What would you tell your younger self? All right. So let's everybody think about that for a second. However old you are right now, let's flash back 10 years. And if you could flash back 10 years and tell yourself one thing, what would it be? What would, what advice would you give yourself 10 years ago right now? I think mine, the biggest piece of advice that I would give myself is none of this shit matters. And that's me. I have not even thought about this. I wrote this note down because it was suggested and I walked off earlier and took my kids out, um, to ride bikes. And yeah, that, I think that's my honest answer. None of this shit matters. None of it. All the worry that we put into things, all the, um, sleepless nights and the, the concerns over, um, material things. None of it, none of it matters. The only thing that matters is having our health. And I know that that is, um, a lot of people say that and it sounds kind of, yeah, not unoriginal if you will, but it's true. It, it, it really is. It's, I cannot, um, I, I don't think of one thing that I own. If you took it from me, and gave me the opportunity to have my health or that, that I would choose the material things over my health. All the anxiety I'm going through some, I'm going through a lot of things right now because I'm, um, 
I don't, I don't really put this out there. I'm looking at, you know, relocating, um, for good. And there's a lot of moving pieces that, that go into that. Should I decide to pull that trigger and relocate? Uh, there's a lot of things that go into play. It's not as simple as, um, just relocating and without getting long winded on that, I'm not going to bore anybody, but you know, I think about that and part of my happiness relies in relocating and it means moving out to my farm permanently. So my farm right now, it's more of a place for me to just go enjoy. Um, because I, all right, I'm going to spill the beans here. I have a, I have a big issue with, uh, with society and being, and not, not to sound like this weirdo, but I have a problem, um, with human beings. And it's not that I want to be off the grid or anything, but my, I look, I know I, I have people message me all the time and they're like, Travis, man, I want to be able to get over it like you did. And look, I'm still very much in the struggle. All right. I just, I choose to, I choose to openly put my shit out there and I choose to openly discuss this in hopes that we can help one another. That's all. That's the only reason I do this because I know what it's like to not have anybody to talk to. I know what it's like to be able to have to explain something that you're going through. Fuck. I just went through this about 10 minutes ago and we're going to get into this. So part of me moving away from the city and I've talked about how miserable this city makes me is getting my happiness. The problem with that is there's other people have to pay for that. And I've always been a, um, a people pleaser. I've always tried to take care of everybody else. And in doing so, I end up paying the fucking price for it over and over and over and over again. And I've actually, I've reached my limit with it. Um, so I'm freshly back from Orlando. I was out of town for a couple of days and I'm not even in Charleston, you know, 30 fucking minutes and, and, and my head wants to explode. I just do not like it here. I, uh, I'm going to get real at today. I had, I had a very, very, very fucking hard day and, and this isn't me having a pity party and I'm going to try to hopefully, um, bring this full circle for those of you who understand what I go through. And for those of you that do not understand, but you maybe have a spouse, I'm going to try to shed some light on that too. I, um, I woke up this morning, I went to the gym and when you go through these things that we go through, not every day is sunshine and rainbows. I don't post, I don't post my bullshit out there. And I try to keep my bullshit off of here and I just try to keep this motivational, but hopefully in the end, this, this will turn out to be a good thing. Um, I had a very rough day and I think it was because I was so productive in Orlando and I'm all about, I'm all about production. I like being busy. I like feeling accomplished. I do not like sitting idle. I feel like it's a waste of time and it's a waste of life. And I feel like my hourglass is running out my, my, my hourglass of life. I always feel like it's running out. And that's part of what my therapist told me. That's part of what I, what I go through. It's a shortened expectancy of life. Um, it's not, I'm not running from it, but I always know it's right around the corner. So I try to get as much life as I can in while I have the opportunity, right? Well, today I did just the opposite. And I know I preach, get out of the house, go do your thing. But today, man, it was one of those days <clears throat> and I still tried. And that's, that's my point. We don't always win. We're not always victorious in this fight. You're not always going to walk around with a smile, but you have to try something. So today I knew, I knew this was a bad day and I still got up, got off my fucking ass and I went to the gym. 
And I went to the gym and I had a piece of shit workout. It was horrible. It was dog shit. I, I was upset with myself. I was like, man, this thing will not get off of my back. I let it control me. It got into my mind and I was like, fuck you. So I went home and I was like, I'm going to do another podcast and I'm going to get this shit off of my mind. I'm going to feel productive. I sat down and did my first podcast today, episode nine. I did 30 minutes. I sat there. I sat back in this same chair and I hit delete because I wasn't proud of it because it was a bunch of bullshit and there was no content. There was no truth in it. And I sat down and I said, Travis, you're better than that. The people that support you are better than that. And they deserve your best. And I didn't give you that in that first episode I recorded today or that ninth episode. So I deleted that motherfucker. And I went out back and I sat by the pool and the sun was shining. And I started thinking. And I was like, you know what? Every time I'm in Charleston, it is hard for me to walk out of my house. And it's hard because of the anxiety I have from the social um, side of things. Uh, Again, if you don't understand, this would be like speaking German to you. But those of you right now, I guarantee you somebody's nodding their fucking head because you get it. This thing that we do, this this life that we choose to selfless sacrifice of our mental health it fucks you up. And I decided to record this episode right now because I'm in the middle of a fucking panic attack. Seriously. And I'm I'm going to control it. I'm not going to let it kick my ass. I'm going to come in here and I'm going to speak to you guys from the heart. So I'm sitting outside and I was thinking, every time I'm in Charleston, I'm so unproductive. But here's the deal. Every time I go to my farm, You can't get me in the house. I will be out there at 8 o'clock in a pitch black. And then when summer rolls around, I'll be out there till 9.30 in a pitch black. I do not go in the house. And I'm as productive as a man can possibly be in his life. I'm 100 miles an hour because I'm in a place where, God damn it, I want to be. And that's what we all have to focus on. You have to be in a place you want to be because you do the same shit. And I'm guilty of it too. I don't pretend like I'm holier than thou. Like I got all these fucking answers. I did it today. I sucked. I, I'm not going to say I lost today. I fucking fought today. Tooth and nail. The sad part is I still have some of those bad, bad thoughts that, that, that I have. And I think about it too. Is all this worth it sometimes? And you think about checking the fuck out, but you know what? We can't do that. We have people depend on us. And you know what? It can always be worse. And there's a million fucking people out there that would pay to have my life that I think is so hard sometimes. And that is what keeps me in the right mind frame. I've been to countries where people would would give everything. They'd kill their fucking families to have your life. And so when you think you got it bad and you think you have a shitty day, there's a man out there with no fucking legs somewhere still getting by. I'm going to tell you why I'm so jacked up right now. Normally I wouldn't, I wouldn't come on feeling this way, but I I had to do something. <laughs> We're going to talk about social anxiety for a minute. It's no secret that, 
you know, and I've talked about this openly in episodes where I'll go to, I'll go to gatherings where I, I'll be honest, man, I, I, I look around and I think about fucking people up and they don't know it, but I'm just sitting there thinking about mauling their face. And it's because I don't, I don't click with them. I'm not, I'm not one of them. They're not one of me and there's nothing in common. And I'm not embarrassed to say that. I don't like sitting around hearing the fake bullshit rah-rah cheerleading that goes on in some of these events. And then I sit there and I hear about some people's problems and I'm like, God damn, that these are your problems, you know? And so we can't help it as people were, you know, I'm look, I'm judgmental. Just like some people are judgmental. Everybody's like that. And if you just, if you can sit there and say, I don't judge anybody, you're full of shit. I go to some of these functions and I ain't gonna lie, man. I, I don't even give a fuck who's listening. Some of these dudes that I have to be around, I don't even classify them as men. And if you have to think about that, if you're listening to this and you thinking, hey, is he talking about me? Probably, pro- I probably fucking am, you know? And I, I just don't care anymore. <laughs> I'm not sure. I just don't give a shit. I hear some of these whiny motherfuckers and it drives me crazy. And I'm just like, man, you are going to be responsible for raising human beings and I'm getting on a tangent, but I don't want to do that. Like I said, I'm fired up. We're talking about that social anxiety. Look, and I think I've talked about this in previous episodes. You put me, you drop me in a room full of doctors and lawyers. I got nothing in common with you. Absolutely not. You drop those doctors and lawyers and these other people that whatever, and you drop them around me and my dudes. And I promise you, they will be sweating fucking bullets from feeling uncomfortable and they won't want to be in that, that situation either. You know, we like being around the people that, that we mesh with. And I'm, I'm a civil dude. I'm, you know, when I perform and I speak, I'm around a lot of people and you know, it's, uh, I'm in those environments and those people, it's usually a lot of fun because they want to be there. We're all there to, you know, you know, sharing an experience together, have one goal, which is to laugh or either, take part in a message. Um, and, and so I'm fine with that. What I'm not fine with is things outside of my control. A lot of times because of, unfortunately the world that I've lived in. And this is what I'm getting at. This is why I'm so jacked up right now. Like I'm having literally still 30 minutes later, having severe chest pains. I walked in the house and I had to go in the back and shut the door. I was like, damn, I wanted to cry. I was so jacked up. And this is why. And it's going to sound so trivial to some people. But to me, this is very real. I have a, um, I have a severe hypervigilance about me. I'm always, always, always watching everybody and everything. And if you don't think I'm looking, that's when I am looking. If you don't think I'm listening, I'm fucking listening. I promise. I know everything that's going around going on in my AO, which is area of operation at all times, because that's the way I had to be for many, many years to protect me and to protect people that I care about. All right. And that doesn't go away because I'm off the job. I'm still, I now it's even harder because I'm a dad. And most of the time when I was protecting other people, they were protecting me too. They weren't my children that didn't have a clue. These people were just as fucked up as I was. And they understood the threats around them. Unlike the children today that I got to protect, they don't understand the threats around them. 
I talked about this in an earlier episode. I'm going to tell you right now. The hardest thing for me as a father, the absolute hardest thing for me is taking my daughters on a bicycle ride. As stupid as that sounds. It it fucks me up six ways from Sunday. It makes my chest hurt. I can't breathe. I get short of breath. And I want to, I don't know a, a nice way to put it. I guess I just want to napalm the fucking whole village when I'm out there with my girls. Because people have zero consideration for human beings anymore. And this is why. Every time I ride my bike or walk walk with my girls, we walk down the street in our neighborhood there's always some motherfucker that's driving too fast. And it takes every ounce of self-control that I have to not jump in somebody's ass. And I've done this before and it never turns out good. Um, I had to dive off in a um, federal express. No, excuse me. It was an Amazon driver's ass one time. And this Amazon driver, it was driving so fast. I couldn't even see who was driving. So it didn't matter to me. I, um, my daughters, I grabbed them, pulled them to the side and I yelled, slow down. And this Amazon driver, all I saw was a finger come out and I heard, fuck you. And that was it. And the, and the switch was flipped and I went into protection mode and I'm like, fuck me. And at the time my wife was yelling. She's like, Travis, no, 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 no. I was like, oh, fuck this. Fuck no. So I start off down the road against my better judgment. I knew right then I was like, somebody's about to catch an ass whipping. And I couldn't control myself. And I'm ashamed to say that because I was so weak that I'm letting another human being control my reaction to their reaction. And that is weak as fuck. You heard me correctly. That is weak. We should not let another human being control our reaction to something they're doing. So I get down there and the Amazon driver get, gets out of the truck and it's a fucking woman. And I was like, you got to be shitting me. And she immediately starts lighting me up, cussing me up and down. And I'm like, you know what? I said, ma'am, I was polite. I said, I don't know you from anybody. And I, I said very politely, I'm going to turn around and go back down the road. I just appreciate it if you slow down because I got these. there's a lot of kids in here, not just mine. And she said something, whatever, and I walked off. And then I think my heart rate slowed down like three days later. But that's what I'm getting at. So this happened tonight. Um, I went out. I don't I don't like to let my girls ride bikes because, one, they usually get too far ahead of me. And if I'm just on a bike by myself and I have both of them on bikes, I can't keep up with them, you know, because they're one's either too slow or one's too fast. And so I like to just walk with them. Um and tonight, my oldest daughter wanted to ride her bike, and she pulled it out, and, and I try my best to be the best father I can be. And one of my things is I can't let my condition fuck my kids up. I can't let what happens to me and what has happened in my lifetime, I can't let my kids keep paying the price for this, and I can't let it affect their happiness. So trying to be a good father, I told my daughter, you know what, you go ahead and ride your bike. And I'm going to walk with, with my youngest daughter. And I had the two dogs. And I knew right then we would not make it around the neighborhood without me being fucked up. And, dude, I'm going to tell you what. We made it 
maybe 300 yards. And his fucking Mercedes comes down the road. And I don't know how fast he was going, but it didn't matter because he was going too fast in my mind. So I just stood in the middle of the street. I got one dog, uh, Riley, which is my big one. And then I got fat Charlie, this little fat shit that we own. And she's just barely off the ground. And I got her pink leash. And I was standing there in the middle of the road just in a stare down with this guy until he stopped. I made him stop his car. And he's looking at me like, the fuck is your problem? And all I could think about was doing very, very, very bad things to this human being and whoever was in his car with him. I was infuriated. And that's what I'm talking about, people. Normal people don't behave this way. Normal people, it doesn't bother them the way that it bothers folks who have lived this shit. I have seen the outcome of that incident. I have relived that in my sleep. I have relived it many, many times over the last decade. And when my daughters are out there with me, I see it happening. I don't get to enjoy them riding their bicycle. I don't see my daughter smiling with her hair blowing in the wind. You know what I see? I see my daughter pinned up underneath a fucking car screaming while her sister is sitting there helplessly watching her die. And I can't do anything about it. That's what I see happening. And I know many of these first responders listening to this, you get it because you see the same thing because you've been on calls like that. And that's why it's hard for us to get out and live in the moment. I shook it off and I controlled my breathing and I worked on it and we walked around the neighborhood and I'll be damned if we didn't get almost home and this fucking red Audi comes flying by. And when I tell you he was hauling ass, I mean, he they were moving. And I'm in the park in the grass, and my oldest daughter's on her bicycle. And I yell at her, get to the right, get to the right. And I lock eyes with this dude when he goes by. And again, I'm having these thoughts. And I, I grab my dogs, my pink ass leash, and my daughter. And I send them a different way because there's this little cut through that goes right kind of over to our house. And I wanted to say something to this dude. I wanted to have a conversation with him. But I also knew two things. If I said anything, I was already my fuse was already lit. So this was going to take a huge amount of self-control. I was I was a bomb getting ready to explode. I felt this. And look. These you guys that support me, you think I don't still have problems? They're there. But listen, you got to be smart and you got to learn to control your reaction. This motherfucker was standing in his yard when I walked by and I'm just staring a hole through him and it took everything I had not to just say something and I but I knew I'm not a dude who talks. If I said something and anything other than I'm sorry came out of his mouth or I, I sincerely apologize, it would have been nasty in that front yard and it would have been my fault and I would have lost control. What kind of example does that set for my children? I don't want to be that guy. So what do I do in order to keep from putting myself in that position because I understand I understand my condition. I understand I'm fucked up. I understand I'm not normal 
in most circles, I keep away from it. I isolate. I recluse. I do the things that won't make my anxiety levels elevated. Like sitting in my backyard in Charleston in a fenced-in yard when I have a fucking huge farm an hour away that I could be at enjoying. But we had we were supposed to have soccer practice today, so that's why I'm here. But that's what I'm getting at, and that's why dudes and ladies in our profession, when they start reclusing, that's why. There's things that, that tear them up. I don't... um. I don't really have a a direction I was going with this podcast. I just knew I needed to get in here and I needed to, as they would say in the record industry, lay this track down. Because I knew, I do know that a percentage of you are going to get it. And it's going to hit home and it's going to resonate, especially with the request that I was getting today. Um, I, I think if, if there's any takeaway from any of this, it is this. You, no matter what you've been through, society doesn't owe you a fucking thing. Nobody owes you any favors because of what you volunteered to do. Okay? Your problems are yours alone, and we don't need to make them everybody else's problems. That guy in that Audi, although he needed his ass whipped and fucking hold, held down rubbed his face and dog shit in his front yard. He didn't need that because I can't control me. And because of whatever he did is set me off. That's not his problem. He's just an asshole, but I don't need to make my problems. His problem. That's why I teach my kids. You have to look out for you. Nobody's going to look out for you. I talked about driving early on in these episodes and I teach my kids. I'm like, you don't need to worry about yourself as much as you do every fucking buddy around you. And I make them and I teach them. Nobody sees you when you're out here. You're invincible. Nobody can see you. Only you can see you, but you can see them. And that's how I teach them to stay out of the way of shit because motherfuckers are not paying attention. So take that away. I think it's, um, I'm actually proud of myself because I know, I know me, I know what I wanted to do in that instance and I practice self-control and that's something I've been working on for a long, long time. And I'm, I've, I'm leaps and bounds ahead of where I used to be many, many years ago. And I'm proud of that. So that's a small victory today in my book. I didn't, I didn't sit in this house and feel sorry for myself. I got up when I was uncomfortable and when I wasn't feeling right and I went out and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't conquer the day, but they'll tell you what the motherfucker didn't beat me. You know, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I'm going to feel recharged because, Hey, I gave it everything I had today. And that's what you should do. Just give it your best. Get up. You're not going to win every single time, but go hook and jab with a shitty day and let it know. God damn it. You're still standing. You're still here. I didn't want to go for that walk today because I knew what it was going to do to me. I knew inevitably it happens every single time I go. I knew something was going to happen and it was going to make me feel like shit, but I still went. I'm not going to let it control me. I'm not going to let fear control my life. And I'm going to constantly be tested 
and I'm going to constantly grow. And that's what I did today. So put a check mark beside that. Go get uncomfortable and grow. I'm going to tell you a story. Again, we're long-winded. Um, this... Okay, looking at these notes. I met this girl when I was, um, I think I was 19 or 20. I was in Aruba. And I met a girl. We became friends. Nothing ever happened. We just became friends. And somehow we, we would write letters when I was still in the Marines and stuff. And she actually, you know, we corresponded several times. We're friends on social media now. She's married. It's it's nothing like that. The reason I'm going to tell you this story is, when uh, when I got out of the Marines, I started waiting tables part time when I was a fireman, just for a couple weeks till I realized, fuck this, I'm not doing this shit. Um, and I started working with another girl that was waiting tables at the same restaurant. Come to find out, she was the girl that I met in Aruba. It was her best friend. They were both from Connecticut, right? Small world. Well, I I got to know her, but I didn't really like her because she was. She was honestly, she was kind of bitchy and she was very rude to kind of everybody. So I kind of, I kind of stayed away from her. But years later, I guess she moved, she moved to New York city and she was up there working fashion. And the only reason I knew this is because I stayed in touch with the, my, my pen pal friend, if you will. And when I first started in comedy, one of my first trips to New York, I asked her to get in touch with her friend let her know I'm in the city because I didn't know anybody and I needed some friends. We had to, we had to have bringer shows is what they were called and where you had to bring 10 people to a show where you didn't get to perform. So this girl lived up there and she brought some friends and I had a couple FDNY firefighters show up uh, and I was able to do, get on stage and do my thing. Well, after that event, I remember being outside on the sidewalk and I don't remember the conversation, but she talked to me like I was a fucking dog. I mean, I was, I'd, I've never been talked to like this, even in Marine Corps boot camp. This girl, I don't know what was her problem, but she was putting me down for being this low level comedian, um, saying that that's all I've ever amount, whatever amount to. And she's up here in fashion and she doesn't need to be associating with people like me because I'm just trash. I mean, you're right, I am trash, but it was one of those things where, I was just beneath her and she made it known. And I was kind of like, well, what the fuck did you even come out here for? But I just, I remember telling her, you're not going to fucking talk to me like that. And that was another time I had to exercise some real restraint. And I just walked off. Well, fast forward, pushed a button. Fast forward, I don't know, 13, 14 years now. I'm in Charleston. Two days ago, I take my daughters out to get their nails done. Right, it was my youngest birthday. She's five. I went and picked them up from school, take them to get their nails done. There's some construction going on in the uh, little plaza that we're in, and there's a um, there's two guys up on the roof working, and they have a, a section roped off in the front. And I'm on the phone. I got a call from a chief for a fire chief's conference. I'm going to be working, and I'm on the phone talking with him, and I see his car pull up. I see this girl get out of the car and I immediately recognized it was her. And she looked at me, but didn't recognize me because I look a lot different now. I I have a beard now back then. I didn't and had my hat kind of, you know, pulled down low and shit. And I was like, Oh my God, I was just, I was put off by the sight. Right. But here's what happened. She walks over to those, uh, where those dudes were doing construction. She lifts up the rope and walks under the rope. And the guy yells down, ma'am, 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 ma'am. Please step back on the other side of the rope. 
it's dangerous here. And she goes, who in the fuck do you think you're talking to? She goes, you know who the fuck I am, right? Seriously, you can't make this up. And the guy says, ma'am, I don't care who you are, but, you know, this is dangerous and you need to step back. And she goes, why don't you just get back to your stupid little peon construction job? She goes, I'll stand right fucking here if I want. Show me an illegal document that I can't be standing right here. And now I'm like, motherfucker, please throw some shingles down and hit this bitch in the face. And I was like blown away. These guys were as polite as they could be. She kept getting louder and I'm standing next to a, um, it was an adult beverage store, if you will. And they had a lot of customers coming in that, that, at that time of day. And the owner walks out and he's like, ma'am, I have customers. She goes, fuck you and your customers. You little silly. Um, what does she call them? Some liquor store owner, but she, she put him down. And then the people from the nail salon start walking out. She finally just got in her car and left. And, um, I messaged my friend and I was like, you ain't never going to believe what happened. And she's like, she was taken back and I come to find out, I found out this girl lives down here now. She has a business and she was there looking to rent a space for her business. Cause I guess her lease is up. Um, so anyway, one of my other buddies, I told him that story. I was like, you ain't gonna believe this shit, man. He goes, well, why didn't you film it and blast her? And I was like, you know what? Cause I ain't like all these other fucking people today. I, I'm not a tattletale. I'm not, I'm old school as shit. And then it's like, look, I think her problem is she's never talked to the right person the wrong way. And that's her problem. And it's coming. It'll catch her. And I think me tattletaling on her video and that shit and posting it. It's all, what's it going to do? It's going to create drama on my end problems. I don't need that bullshit. I'm, I'm too far removed from, I don't need any of that. And I thought about it. I said, you know what? She's got problems. We all got our problems. And the problem with her is everybody else is her problem. And I've lived that. I've been there. And I've made everybody else my problem before really working on me. And it's sad because I can't approach that woman and say, hey, look, you really need to take a deep look within because she told me to get fucked, you know. But I know I know exactly what she is because I've been there. I've been that person. She hates herself. She's upset with herself about something, whatever it is. But you know what? As shitty as a human being that she is, I hope she figures it out. And I hope she can somehow um, find some peace in her life because she's clearly not at peace. And then I thought about it. And I was like, you know what? Her biggest curse is waking up and being her every single day. And that's got to be hard enough to deal with as it is. So, Thank you all so much for letting me sit down with you and get this um, kind of off my chest. Um, again, I'm not, this ain't no pity party. I'm not looking for advice or attaboys or anything. So if you're going to message me, don't don't send any of that, that bullshit. Just if you're going to message me, maybe just let me know if something I said resonated with you. Um, you know, we all have these tough days and we're here collectively just, you know, trying to do the right thing. Um, thanks again. Can't wait to uh, get some more episodes locked in. Keep sending those suggestions. Those are really important because I can't, honestly, this is this is more difficult than I thought. I thought, all right, every Monday I'm going to drop an episode and I'm going to think of a new topic. Dude, it is. It, it is really, really tough thinking of new topics. So keep those suggestions coming. Fire me off something you want to talk about and we'll see if I can uh, make something happen with it. Thank you all so much. Y'all have a great day. Give me a fist bump if you're watching YouTube. Boom, boom, boom. See you later. All right, bye.